Do you want to have kids? Get married. You don't want to have kids? Get married. You want conflict? Get married. You don't want conflict? Get married. Do you want to struggle and become better? Get married. Do you want to have peace and not have to worry about things? Get married. Hello and welcome to The Cashmere Couple. We are your hosts, Elizabeth and Joshua. You're experts at being single and marrying later in life. In this podcast, we will discuss singlehood, marriage, and living a godly lifestyle. Grab your morning beverage and let's get started. We're super excited to be able to share with the world some of our thoughts, experiences, and uh, value that we've had added to our life Mm -hmm. that we hope to be able to add to yours. Yeah, specifically about singleness, uh, about our experience in marriage, and uh, just about living a godly lifestyle, especially in this uh, interesting time that we're living in. This whole aspect of godly lifestyle, it it is incorporated in your single status of life or mm-hmm. your married marital status. Yeah. So no matter what stage you are in life, whether or not you are walking in uh God-fearing lifestyle, mm-hmm. I guess you can say, that dictates how well you are going to live that out. Yeah, I think that one of the benefits of godly lifestyle as well is if you're not living a godly lifestyle, this can be a way to encourage you to mm-hmm. reach that point. And if you are living a godly lifestyle, hopefully we have some value to add to that as well. Some encouragement, pers- some perspective, encouragement too. Yeah. And like I said, in this time that we're in today, it's, it's good to hear that you're not alone mm-hmm. in this walk because it is a narrow walk. Yeah. We are narrow having. is the path mm-hmm. that leads to eternal life and few find it. That is what Christ said. So let's go ahead and get off to the beginning of how we met and that's a beautiful story in the fact that we were both close to our mid 30s uh when we met and it wasn't uh much much longer than a year ago and it was a whirlwind romance oh yeah (laughs) it was during the pandemic yeah very yeah Yeah. we can we can say joe biden said it twice we can say the pandemic is over (laughs) so we have uh we have declared it but the the time was 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dating app season was in full effect. That was the time. That to be was on a the time. App. Yeah, it's actually kind Everyone of started to dwindle. It. A lot of yeah. people have become discouraged. I know I've gone through spurts, uh, probably for seven years, eight years, where I had been on and off dating apps. Okay. You know, the Christian mingle phase when it first activated. It probably was around 2014, mm-hmm. 2015, maybe. I think around then, I can't remember exactly when, but I also had tried eHarmony and at the beginning when it was free, you couldn't see anybody's pictures. So I was like, I mean, I I want to say that I'm not shallow, but maybe I'm more shallow than not seeing a picture of a person. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I think you have to be attracted to the person. Yeah. I mean, so on and off seasons of dating and trying to date and deciding I'm not going to date and listening to all of the advice of people of, you know, it happens when you least expect it. It happens when you look, it happens when you don't look, it happens when you just seek God and he'll provide somebody for you. It happens when you're uh, walking in his purpose for you. And then someone comes along and you've heard the analogies of you're pursuing God and someone comes up pursuing God and you two meet together. And that's beautiful. And I think it's similar. I've heard stories and it is beautiful. For sure. I think it's similar to the one though. Like, I think it's probably better than the one because to pursue 
Christ to pursue God mm-hmm. is the most important thing in life. Yes. And if you're doing that and you don't meet someone, cool, like mm-hmm. you'll still be okay yeah. because the eternal life of which you have beyond this physical form is much more important than just this physical time. And by following Christ, you are putting yourself in a much better place than to pursue your own, you know, worldly desires or even romantic desires. Mm-hmm. But anyway, sorry, uh, <laughs> <laughs> how we met. Do you want to share a little bit of the story? How we met obviously was in the dating app during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And we meshed because I noticed that you had a Romanian flag Ah, on your profile. Thanks for bringing it up. And me being Romanian, I thought, this is interesting. Why does he have, well, he had multiple flags. He had Polish, Romanian, Israeli. Israeli. Yep. And so that was kind of the. No American, just trash that. No, I'm (laughs) just kidding. And we matched. Yeah. So um, Bumble, we use Bumble. The lady makes the first move. So you can match, but. Mm Uh, there is no connection as in conversation until the lady actually makes the first move mm-hmm. and starts the conversation. So I started it and I asked you, what's what's with the Romanian flag? You I know? remember. And you tell me, well, you're Romanian, you know, you're a quarter Romanian, you know. Yeah. Well, I said I, my grandpa's from yeah, Romania. Yeah, exactly. I'm proud, you know, I'm proud to be Romanian. So I said, oh, cool. Like, well, I'm Romanian. And you said, prove it. Yeah, I remember that. And I was Flirt, like, between the two line. of us, I think I look the most <laughs> Romanian. Thank you very much. You look very, very Polish. <laughs> but yeah. but it was cute. It was his cute way of, of flirting. It was. Yeah. It was. I was, uh, you know, it was kind of like that winky, you know, Cheeky. it's hard to express when you're messaging. But I was like, prove it. Yeah. Uh, with a wink face. I but, don't know if you I know, sent he the caught wink my attention. Because I didn't want to be too forward. Yeah, you did yeah. catch my attention. It worked. That's and right. then we spoke on the phone. And mm-hmm. after, even on our first phone conversation, we put down the serious questions. Mm-hmm. You know, are you? what are you interested in? Are you looking for marriage? It was just out there on the first conversation because we kind of were in that point that we were done playing. We're done flirting. We're done messing around. Mm-hmm. We are... If we're going to be in a relationship, it's going to be a relationship. It's not, I'm just here to date. So we put all those questions out forward. We kind of spoke about spirituality and realized that we were in the same place. Uh, we grew up in the same same way. Yeah, similar in, background. Similar background. Yeah. And so from there on, we had our first date within a few days. Mm-hmm. And it worked out really well. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think so too. And... I remember our first date when mm-hmm. I brought flowers to the coffee shop. Very much uh, the gentleman. We met, yeah, we met in a, a small Michigan town and w- the shop didn't have seating. So we had a, I left a bouquet of flowers out outside and then ordered I coffee think, and walked I over think, to the flowers. No, I think what you did, you put the flowers aside because you were afraid you were going to be catfished or something or ah. you would not be attracted to me. And then when you saw me and you're like, Okay, she's legit. She's actually the person that she mm-hmm. said she is. Or I'll, I'll bring the flowers in. I don't like know. I, I just think, would have kept the flowers and what would I have done with them? Put them in a bouquet at home? You Maybe it would have yeah. gave it to someone They're off the such street. You, you are that That's nice. Right. You actually would. You'd be like, hey, I hope you have a great day and give them the flowers. Honestly, I probably I would, probably but would. I'd even try to say hi to people. I was just at Kroger today and I tried to say hi to someone and they just walked right by me. Yeah, and I thought, okay, if I say hi to someone and they walk by me, imagine giving them a bouquet of flowers. Like you'd have to start it off. It'd have to be like the cashier because then they have to say hi because that's their job. <laughs> yeah. And then you could be like, oh, you know what? You were so nice to me. And they're like, that's my job. Yeah. And then you hand them a bou- bouquet of flowers. 
No, I was not thinking that deeply about it, but in a way I was because mm-hmm. I thought if this woman is the woman I spend the rest of my life with, I want to start it off right. I've had some experience and I've done things poorly and I've done things well in some relationships and I want to try to emulate the things I've done well and continue to get better. And that that's an effect of my life too, is like continue to date better, to, to I love think better. It was, a, it was a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think many people take that for granted. They don't do it that often anymore. First date, coming with some flowers, being, Mm -hmm. you know, chivalrous. I think that even the whole aspect of, well, do I pay for the bill? Do I not pay for the bill? You're not really sure. So Mm -hmm. you, it just, how do you go about first date? So there's so much pressure and so, so different um, thoughts about it and you don't know how to proceed anymore. The rules kind of have, blown out the windows and people are making things up as they go but there is something to say about chivalry yeah being a gentleman i was gonna treating say a woman right i did yeah. have however one time pay for someone at a coffee shop and they mm-hmm. turned to me and they said i can pay for my own coffee and it was somebody from my church back oh, wow. in madison wisconsin oh, okay. and i just remarked that like how yeah i think disdain i really how do. much disdain it left I think women are heart. do mess up in that area when they they can't um I guess take things in a gracious manner. Yeah. Just be thankful, you know, if they they are offering. I I think a woman on the first date, especially if you're going on multiple dates, you don't mm-hmm. want to take advantage of all these guys. Yeah. Offer. Yeah, but if the guy sure. wants to pay, then that's very kind and and thank him for that kindness. Yeah. But don't make him feel like a horrible person mm-hmm. for wanting to treat you well. And here it is like a quote unquote church person. And that really turned me off. And I thought like, okay, I respect when someone is the way they are. Like if mm-hmm. uh, someone says I'm liberal and then like wants to save the environment, I'm like, but what? Like why? And a lot of the, a lot of quote unquote liberals do, mm-hmm. or they drive like conservatively and they save their vehicle and they fix it up and they, they re- restitch their clothes and they make their own kombucha and they, and you're like, that those are conservative things. But then like the conservatives at the same time will go shop at Walmart and buy the Chinese things and mm-hmm. that throw them away, take all the you know trash and continue to buy like the cheapest. Well, the cheapest thing I can understand because you know you're conservative, you don't want to spend a ton of money. But then like the use of the the items, you don't you don't continue to think in that conservative mindset mm-hmm. when it comes to the environment, when it comes to a lot of different lifestyle choices. So I, I do think that consistency is an amazing thing to see, see in people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that was something that was helpful in our situation mm-hmm. because I knew you were a Christian. And I've, I've dated many guys that said that they were Christians but weren't really authentic. I didn't see that authenticity within them. And in our first date, that is something that spoke volumes to me is the fact that you greeted you know the homeless man on the street and just asked him how he was doing and if he had a great day and he was surprised that you acknowledged him and that was my first indication that the things that you say you live by mm-hmm. you know and how you were seeing with consistency and you were very consistent about that and you continue to be so mm-hmm. and that was a really good sign for me um knowing that you were a man that wanted to live with this principle of living a godly lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, I think it's important to be authentic and then also to check yourself often. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, am I reinforcing the narrative of which I say I believe? And it is hard because you don't want to live in fear. Like the world will say, Christians are the worst people or, you know, the church has done nothing good, only bad. Religion only brings death and war. And you look and you're separation. like, wait, you're like, uh, yeah, separation of uh, church and state and all these types of things. And you're, you're like, okay, they're the inventor of the universities. They've taught ev essentially everybody to read. They've founded, if not all, like most of all, but a lot of the hospitals. Yeah. They've done mission work all over the world. There's also like dramatic miracles where people have been healed. There's also hope that's instilled. There's freedom from chaos and, and depravity of mind and freedom from depression that has happened. The church support system for homelessness for, you know, like there, yeah. we could keep going. Honestly, if I did research, I could go the whole day, literally, yeah. literally the whole day. And I, I, I don't use literally like a, a valley girl. I don't do that. <laughs> I, I think literal is literal and figurative is figurative. So yeah. I think the amount of good that the people of church have done is amazing. Mm -hmm. Sure, there's some bad. Of course. I mean, but the I, church is, is set up by people who are people, flawed. Yeah. But uh, all that to be said, I'm aware of the societal, um, what do you call it? Uh, societal precondition or the societal preconceptions? Um, concept. Yeah. Yeah. Perception societal perception i should say uh so i wanted to make sure that i am genuine in my faith and like okay what's most important love people like also speak the truth mm -hmm. so when someone says something and you're like i just love everybody and nobody will go to hell and everybody and you know there's such a thing as as heaven and hell mm -hmm. and it's good to get your life right it's good yeah. to live with meaning and purpose and good to submit yourself to the truth to to christ to god and to find that truth, if you don't know, mm -hmm. sure, that's good. Find it out, though. Yeah. You know. So, anyways, I, I continue to go to the foundational basis and build my life up. I try to every day. I'm blessed yeah. and thankful for another day. Yeah. I say that every day. Yes. And I think about it, and I think, man, thank you, God, for another day. And that all came about from a hard life experience that I had back in 2017, where I injured my back at work. Mm -hmm. And it was in that time that I also, well, just before that, I had lost my job position mm -hmm. and I lost the vehicle that I drove for 10 years. And then I also lost the girlfriend that I was dating. Yep. Not like she didn't die, but we broke up. Yeah. And uh, all three things happened within a week, within five days. Yeah. And that was like the first thing that happened was the job. And I was like, okay, well, I definitely have the girlfriend and... Mm -hmm. Um, everything will work out and then on the way back from seeing my girlfriend and having this conversation about continuing the relationship and she broke up with me yeah I was on my way to work and I got word from my workplace that my car couldn't be in the parking lot and it was going to be towed so I had to drive it away into a uh, like a what do you call it like a impound like mm. a car recycling place and sold it for like 280 dollars <laughs> <laughs> Not granted, cars didn't have the same value they have now, but it so. was you know, uh, and it was it was one hundred ninety one thousand miles. I definitely drove it a lot. You know, it's definitely worth probably three thousand, maybe four thousand. Mm -hmm. So it was really sad, and um, that was the point after that that I had that low. After that, I got you know I had an injury at work where I found my back got injured. I had two bulging discs in my back. Oh, wow. 
I, there was the, the affinity I shared for youthfulness mm-hmm. and I didn't put my identity in my strength because I had learned to put my identity in Christ, but I did put a bit of my identity in adventuring. Mm-hmm. And this really stopped me from adventuring, from throwing a heavy backpack on and just walking miles and miles with no effort, yeah. just like strong, healthy individual. Then I all of a sudden couldn't do that like I used to. I couldn't carry as much weight and mm-hmm. I, I lost that part of my identity. And I was really kind of soul searching. And I found that all of the things like, what is the saying? I had a lot of different things that just kind of fell through, which everybody dies, but not everybody lives. Yeah. And I want to thrive, not just survive. Mm-hmm. Like some of these sayings that I had built up, they're starting to fall apart. Yeah. And I was kind of at that place where I was like, what value? Like, Lord, take me. But then I thought about it, thought long and hard mm-hmm. on the bed that I was on. And I thought like, but I have another day. Yeah. And then I realized despite all these situations, all the terribleness, no matter what people might be going through, whether you're infected with some disease or whether you're lost your loved ones or you are homeless or jobless or you have a ruining of your reputation or even your mind is starting to go. In all these situations, you have another day and you have that opportunity to be one with Christ, to be one with the Lord God Almighty who formed you and made you. That gives you purpose and hope. And I realized I'm thankful for another day. And I'm like, God, you've, you're going to give me another, you give me another day. If I have another day, there's still hope. I can yes, still give exactly. you. And I realized I'm blessed and thankful for another day. And that's where that saying came from was back in 2017 after I had injured my back and was out of work and was just in this bad situation. And so I think about these fun, fundamental things. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there there are moments in which, especially if you grew up in the church, mm-hmm. you take that for granted. You don't realize you kind of are used to the program, the flow of things, the language. And even, you, you know, you give your life to Christ, but sometimes there is that moment where you really need that reality check to just sit down and be grateful and thankful that God did give us another day. Yeah, amen. Because no matter how much you hustle, mm-hmm. no matter how much you earn and how much you get and you know, or how great looking you are mm-hmm. or how strong you are. Yeah. Um, or how intelligent you are or how successful you are. Mm-hmm. In the end, it means nothing if you did not build that relationship with God. Yeah. It really does because, you know, I would I would think in the end, what can you say in front of your maker? Yeah. What have you done? Mm-hmm. Did you serve him? Did you do what, what he has called you to do? Did you listen to his voice? Did you have that fellowship with him? Yeah. Or did you hustle through life and end up with nothing in the end? Yeah. Do you know him? Does he know yeah. you? Will he say, depart from me, I never knew you? Yeah. Or will he say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your father's rest? Yeah. Will the, you know, what is your relationship with God? And so that's our encouragement Yay. as well. Yep. And to, to come back as, as well to our story mm-hmm. of meeting each other. What we had done is we kind of taken all of our life experience and put it into what would make a good relationship. At least that's what I'll say I did mm-hmm. is, you know, what, some of the big things I learned were listen when someone speaks. Don't mm-hmm. think uh, optimistically or dreamily about what they're saying in Mm -hmm. a oh yeah that's very good in a way where you're thinking 
well they you know rose-colored glasses quote-unquote is the is the saying or that they're saying something but they'll eventually change mm. that is something that you know you kind of think like oh they're saying this now but eventually they'll change yeah. eventually they'll come to my side but to really listen to them yeah. and hear who they are mm-hmm. and not try to change someone yeah and then to witness who a person is by how they behave Mm-hmm. I think asking them serious questions without being creepy mm-hmm. and trying you know, really hard not to be creepy because you could just be like this, 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 this. Someone would be like, wow, you're really serious. I'm not sure if I want to be with you. <laughs> but <laughs> but the uh, I think the big question I asked was, what are your goals mm-hmm. in marriage? Uh, why do you want to get married? Yeah. Those are serious questions. What is the greatest thing in life to do or uh, your ser- most serious commitment in life? I'm trying to think of anything else that I would have said in that moment, in that time. But another thing that we did is we stepped away from emotion, infatuation, Mm -hmm. the moving of which romance can sweep you off and stop you from thinking objectively. We were very thinky, very cerebral. Cerebral, as you say. I always say cerebral. Cerebral, yeah. It's a fun word. But I think it it helped us a lot because we are romantics. Mm -hmm. We are very romantic individuals we were hopeless romantics i i would read romance novels and fantasize of all these love stories and i think that is a big issue that i had in my past my 20s and i think 20s i think we were just really dramatic people in our 20s i don't know (laughs) but because that has gotten me into trouble in the past Mm -hmm. i wanted to just be mindful at first with you um i saw you okay you are christian Mm mm-hmm you are hardworking. Yeah. Um, I'm attracted to you. We get along. I, I think you're funny. Yeah. Okay. Let's see how things go. Do And it got, it got to the point that I felt safe with you. And that was my big thing. Do I feel safe with him? Yeah. Both our upbringings were very similar too. Mm-hmm. As you grew up in the Pentecostal Romanian, Romanian church. Subculture. Yeah. And I grew up in the Pentecostal and non-denominational church we both had similar upbringings and more traditional yes, and then also somewhat spirit led to witness mm-hmm. miracles happen, prophecy, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And those are big things for me that I had kind of set aside to say, like, I don't 100% need to be exactly on the same page as the person because I realized like you could really limit yourself if like they have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. They have to have gone on missions trips. They have to uh, believe in the full theology that I believe mm-hmm. in. You know, we could get really into yeah. specifics of what, and I'd have to think about what my specific mm-hmm. leanings are in all of these situations. But it was a blessing to find someone who we do not clash too much. I had dated some Catholics trying to say, you know what, I don't need to be super particular. Mm-hmm. But then it came to people who are very oriented and very proud of their Catholic faith, where there are some prayers where you are praying to Mary. There is nothing instructing in the Bible to pray to someone mm-hmm. after they, and not to pray to anyone, but also not to pray to someone after they have separated from this earth and have gone up to heaven. There's no prayers to the angels that I can think of. There's no prayers to the saints that I can think of. There is encouragement to pray together, but that's praying to the Lord. It's not praying to someone else mm-hmm. to pray for you. And, and I understand that you can ask someone to pray for you. 
but at the same time, if you're asking that person for something, which is one of the prayers in the Catholic faith, is specifically asking Mary for something. Mm -hmm. And so that's something like Christ is very particular that he would be the one who goes and petitions on behalf of the Father for us. So it's a pretty clear indicator if you're just reading scripture at the value of which you have the capability to interpret. And that's something that the Protestants really did is interpretation of the Bible into the English language, Mm -hmm. into other languages so people could read it for themselves. And that's some of what we see in the individualistic society that has negative repercussions, but it's also a lot of the positive where you can say, no, 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 like we're not saying if you give money to the church that you can have indulgences and you can have forgiveness of sin because Mm -hmm. of financial incentives. And we're not saying that, you know, you could do X, Y, Z and get away with it. And so I think that we can find value in that. But anyways, all that to be said, there's a lot of interesting things you have to tune in here. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah, so meeting each other. (laughs) So coming back. Yeah, coming back. Um, Meeting each other and deciding to be a little bit more mindful Mm -hmm. of who we were without rushing in with emotion was very beneficial. And I remember my friends saying like, whoa, you're moving really fast, but... I had the capability of praying Mm -hmm. and we had some things that we kind of disagreed on. Your walk with the Lord was a little different than mine. You were a little jaded. Yes. So I was actually at the point of trying to get closer to God, but I Mm -hmm. still wasn't where I should have been. So I was kind of rewinding now a little bit. Before the pandemic, I actually lived abroad. Mm-hmm. I lived in Roman- Romania for about nine, almost 10 years. Pandemic hit. My mother got sick. I came back to take care of her. But during the later years of mine, when I was in Romania, I was, I would say, a lukewarm Christian. Mm-hmm. I um, enjoyed the luxuries of, of being there. It's very easy to be hedonistic, I think, in Romania, hmm. surprisingly, especially if you live in the cities because they love quality they love luxury they love feeling good Mm -hmm. they love going to restaurants they love so it's like this lifestyle that is if you think about it it is hedonistic and so i kind of adapted to that lifestyle and just enjoying the good life in a sense and so with that i became colder towards god colder Mm -hmm. towards christ i mean also issues with the church and stuff but besides all that it's it's completely my own fault Kind of like the prodigal son, you were attracted to the the city life and mm-hmm. the the beauty of the city, quote unquote, of the world. But in the end, it's really it's vapid, you know, nothing of of grace of sense. And it wasn't until my mother got sick and I was brought back into the states during the pandemic, complete isolation mm-hmm. in comparison to living in the city in Europe and Eastern Europe, where it's such a social culture. Mm-hmm. It was really difficult for me trying to adapt to living in the U.S. where if we drive, we're, we're isolated. Pandemic, you can't talk to anyone. You can't see other people. You can't visit. My mother's sick. I'm taking care of her even more so I can't see people mm-hmm. because God forbid I get her contaminated. And so it was just a situation in where, like I said earlier, you kind of think I, I did all this. I hustled. I lived the life. And in the end, life is so short that you wonder, was it worth it? Yeah. yeah, you got good pictures on Instagram, the boss babe status, mm-hmm. people cherishing you and regarding you as someone to esteem to be based mm-hmm. on your physical or outward appearance. Mm-hmm. 
and your the allure of professionalism. I was and very much like a feminist in a sense. Yeah, I think and I, like I could not see to that. the extremity of what feminism is, sure. but I was to a degree a yeah. feminist in quote unquote feminist in the church. Mm-hmm. I would say a Christian feminist because I, I believe there was a God and I believe there was God and I believed in Jesus and I love mm-hmm. Jesus, but I did not have that full fear of God. I did to a degree, but not so much so that it's giving myself a reality check of, hey, wake up, you're not guaranteed tomorrow, serve me, in a sense, you know, it was, I'm not gonna do these major sins, because I do believe there is a God, and I believe in Jesus Christ, and Mm -hmm. Jesus loves me, but I'm, I'm just, I'm just far away, but like I said, during this time here, I was slowly, I mean, I was, I was dating guys on, on the app, and I put Christian, but not all of them were genuine Christian. You know, mm-hmm. they say they're Christian by name, but not by action. So I actually went on dates with guys who definitely were not Christian. I knew it wouldn't go anywhere further than a first date. And I had uh, a few dates with guys who were Christian, you know, so mm-hmm. it just it was an interesting mix. And uh, like I said, when I met you, I was in the beginning phase of drawing closer to God, mm-hmm. but not as I could have been or should have been. You were a, a positive influence on me, for me, without saying a word. You didn't really say anything to criticize me, judge me, or to say, you know, that I'm a heathen or anything like that. You know, you you just, yeah. by the life that you were living, mm-hmm. it encouraged me to become softer because I was really aggressive. Mm-hmm. I, so that's why, in a sense, I say I was, I was a feminist because I was, I was aggressive. Yeah. I was that boss babe. I was fabulous. I was wearing the dark red lipstick oh, you yeah. know sporting that out that's and right yes and the, the don't touch me don't touch me yeah. don't mess with me yeah yeah i uh i became softer mm-hmm. naturally yeah and that just kind of grew more and more within our relationship and it my barriers came down mm-hmm. i was always feminine so it wasn't the fact that i wasn't feminine i was an aggressive feminine person but just i became softer in that and through yeah. that transition i sought the lord yeah more so and remember something else that you said is that you were frustrated with people who while we were dating i think it was either our first or second or third date it was in that very short beginning period where we had a lot of dates very rapidly because i had an extra bit of time off of work and yeah, i canceled apart. my vacation to go on dates with you which was unheard of for me mm-hmm. uh something i didn't but i also thought you know what hey same thing with the flowers is if this is the person how romantic will the story be if I cancel yeah. my vacation to go on dates with her? But I also thought like I've been trying to find someone for how long mm-hmm. and I might just go away and travel away from my problems again like I usually do mm-hmm. and fulfill myself with adventure and let that kind of fill that small void that I really want to find someone to be with that mm-hmm. we can you know, love each other and serve each other. And that was one of the big questions I asked you is about service. And the reason why I asked is because I knew I wanted to serve Mm -hmm. and I wanted to see what the purpose of marriage would be in the heart of any woman that I would date to see if she would desire to serve too, because I didn't want it to be one, one sided. But I remember that the question you, or not the question, but rather the thing that you did say is that you were, your perspective was shaped by people you had met who said that they're Christians but didn't live it. Mm -hmm. And that was, I think, first, second, or third date where you said that and you said that that gave you a bad image in your mind of what Christians are. And so it was difficult for you to come to a genuine relationship with the Lord because of that. Not only that, but... And another frustrating thing, when I would 
hear so many people tell me, oh, you need to get married. You need to get married. But then they would complain about their husbands. And these are Christians who complain about their husbands, Mm -hmm. complain about the situation, complain about their life at home. And I would be thinking, why would I want to get married? You're just not, you're not advertising it really well. You know, I'd rather be alone than to be miserable Mm because you appear to be miserable. Yeah. And it just kind of just seeing that just, I felt really disappointed, disappointed in, in, in men and it was it was an interesting period for sure and and i can i can attest when you do draw closer to god genuinely draw near to god he his holy spirit changes you and yeah. i can say that Amen. and my my family members have told me that i am a different person mm-hmm. so they see it they've Amen. seen where i used to be and who i am and that i'm more approachable now and they yeah. see even my friends in romania would say i've never seen you so happy mm-hmm. or strangers or my old coworkers would tell me that you are just so happy and I'm so glad to see you finally happy mm-hmm. you know because even there I was uptight I you know I enjoyed my time there I loved it there but I was this edgy and it's so funny when you look at feminists they all have like this very edgy don't come near me look I am you know uh strong i'm a strong woman very Mm -hmm. diva-esque and they have this same like hard hard like appearance aversion yeah yeah and then when because i i I saw a few um there was this woman on instagram that she created this page that shows the difference between someone who was a feminist Mm -hmm. and how the lord transformed them Mm -hmm. and how they become just so soft Mm -hmm. you know and you saw that you saw them before and before they were even like huge extremities as in like you know lesbian they were wiccan they were like all these crazy extremities of being a feminist yeah and then when they met christ that they you know were married to a man and had a family and Mm -hmm. they were just so you know transformed yeah you know their psychological issues their their bipolar was healed and you know they weren't on meds anymore they weren't on, on depressants anymore and so it's just and those are complete extremities i was not to that point you know well, but, yeah. this, even Dr. Jordan Peterson talks about the toxic femininity because mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of talk about toxic masculinity in mm-hmm. the culture, but there's not much talk about toxic femininity. Of course not. And toxic yeah. femininity is the harnessing of emotion and how dare you. It's like a trying to think of the of the actual wordage or the verbiage but it's the utilization of compassion it's aggressive compassion mm. and when it it comes across as compassionate but it's very very aggressive and it's very toxic as well and mm-hmm. i think that that's where that comes from is it's like done in the right spirit but it's it's very it misplaced yeah, yeah exactly but it's it becomes very misplaced in a culture uh, thing, say for instance, like the trans movement mm-hmm. where someone who's a man says he's a woman and they take the side of, Oh, it's so hard to, you know, you've got to use the women's, you know, the re- women's restroom. And you, you feel that that's how you are and mm-hmm. how dare someone. And they're in there and maybe it's not every case, but taking pictures, video molestation of, of girls, of women or, or, swinging their their genitalia mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. and it's not always but it's a perversion mm-hmm. and it's a manipulation of that feminine compassion spirit mm-hmm. that will and it's so amazing to see people do this well i'm like overwhelmed by the demonic success like it's kind of amazing to see just it take hold i think uh aoc does it 
phenomenally mm. emotional manipulation and well how <laughs> could someone i heard her yeah. talk about people being brought across the border and how the child separation policy is just so bad and he said if i was drunk driving and my child was in the car i would be separated from them and the mm. the sheriff and she's like well it's not against the law to do and he's like yes code 108 c3 you know da, 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 and he yeah. shares he's and like she against the law and she's like but emotional but argument. how can you and he's like it's just a matter of fact we need to you know yeah. it's the way it is and but the way she almost won the argument because of her emotional manipulation is just so good mm-hmm. and i love because she's an attractive woman too mm-hmm. and i love how she gets into that and she's so manipulative it's mm-hmm. like a, a master class at manipulation and That's i think very dangerous and women is. they they know how to do it it's it's like scary awesome it's like one of those really evil things but when you see it happen you're like yeah that person is powerful i think women do have and, and it's it is sad but the women women do have the power to make or break a man yeah. they do and it is because we are created to be the helper. So if you want, you can lift him up or if you want, you can completely destroy him. Mm-hmm. We have this capability within us, you know, and, and I think you, I mean, look at like Jezebel as an example, look mm-hmm. at Herod's daughter who, you know, yeah. asked for John the Baptist's head on a plate. It was it Herod's wife's daughter, wife's daughter yes. that he took from his brother. Exactly. So it's basically yeah. his niece. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Some weird contrived mm-hmm. situation but and john the baptist had spoken asked? about the evil that they yeah. were committing by him mm-hmm. taking his brother's wife mm-hmm. and he was a fearful though because he was a man of god he was truly a man of god and he knew that god was with him mm-hmm. but then she danced well and he said i'll give you anything up to half the kingdom yeah what are these men half the kingdom for a woman who dances well like just but i mean that shows you as well the power of a woman people mm-hmm. want to say women don't have any power but that's why i really do want us to even to speak about this because i want to encourage women mm-hmm. especially in the church because women can use that manipulation even though they're christians in the church and that's why i want us to be wise to not do that to yeah. be aware that that is a possibility. To be aware that that you have the capability within you, yeah, and not go there. Amen. I want us to, to kind of encourage, you know, to our listeners is to know what evil capabilities we have as men and women. Mm-hmm. Just as much as a man is capable of being abusive and being toxic in the family and being controlling and yeah. suffocating that family because of it, mm-hmm. a woman can do the same. Just it's. It's yeah. a different instrument. And I think it's I think it's important to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So Holy Spirit is something we see come all through the Old Testament and go alongside of people. And then in the New Testament, they call it baptizing. And it's it kind of inflowing and overwhelming, uh, over overflowing the, the individual. And it's evidenced throughout Scripture. And we see the Holy Spirit directing people. And the Holy Spirit's capable of, of directing you. And they say, towards Christ. And one of the things that if we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, we can do is we can pray Mm -hmm. and ask for discernment. So when these thoughts come in your mind, everybody has thoughts from what I understand. And we all have these thoughts and sometimes we have thoughts that are not good and we need to discern and divide and make it obedient to Christ. And anything that's good, holy and pure 
think on these things. These are two scriptures I just used here. But think on these things. And for us as men, and women too, but more so men, it's like sexual temptation, physical allure of women. Physical attraction doesn't necessarily always apply to women. It can apply to men, and it can lead you in a bad path that way, a bad path this way. Either way, you submit them to Christ, and Christ is capable of changing your mind and aligning it. And so what you do with the woman's side is the same way as you hear these thoughts and you say wait a second like what am i thinking Mm -hmm. i'm gonna make this obedient to christ am i manipulating am i trying to gain power am i trying to gain influence for whatever reason and am i going in a passionate way that is not something that is pleasing to the lord Mm -hmm. and for the man's side it could be you know power lust uh it could be manipulation as well Mm -hmm. i think i've felt the temptation to be manipulative in my past as well and i have to question that and think Mm -hmm. like do do i want the best for that person and how can i lead them to the best how can i now lead them to the best without manipulating them and bringing them to it without me being the one who gets the credit or changes them to like me you know etc etc so we pursued each other and continued to, well, I actually asked for the Lord's guidance as well. And so did you. We both, I think the biggest thing that we had was the difficulty of desiring to have children or not have children. That was our our major conflict, I think. Yeah, our biggest conflict Mm -hmm. for sure. initially I wasn't comfortable with it. You really wanted to have kids and I was not because I was thinking, one, I wasn't at that point of trusting you yet. It was the beginning of our relationship and I didn't want, I didn't feel comfortable to have children with someone I don't trust. One, two was the fact of I had many friends who had issues with infertility, the whole stress they were getting medicine or IVF or all these different things. And just that whole strain of trying to get pregnant really shook that relationship. And I didn't want to go through that. It's kind of the idea of, and this is something that we, we talked about is if I can't get pregnant, will that be a deal breaker for you? Because you want this so much. You know, I didn't want that fear of, well, you're going to leave me because of this, you know? So it's kind of like we had to get to a certain compromise and we both prayed about it and we prayed like, I didn't want you to come on my side. I didn't want to go on your side. It was like, well, God, what do you want? And so, you know, while we prayed about it, I felt God giving me the comfort of being okay and feeling safe to have children with you. And then you were able to get to a point of saying, even if we don't have children and we're not able to have children you're not going to abandon it. You know, it's not going to be your end all give. You're okay. Even if we can't have children kind of idea, that's where we were able to get into the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So like the Holy spirit brought us to this healthy compromise. And that was the whole idea I had of being led by the Holy spirit as well. It's not like we wanted to meet in the middle. That wasn't our Mm -hmm. desire. Our desire was to seek the Lord and to discern if we were supposed to be together. And neither of us really manipulated the Lord. We Mm -hmm. just kind of laid it out before him. And this is where he led our hearts. And this has happened several times in our relationship, Mm -hmm. throughout our relationship, before we got married, after we got married. It continues to dictate portions of our relationship to spread itself as a conduit as a connector in our relationship where we're able to say okay we're disagreeing let's not argue Mm -hmm. at each other Mm -hmm. and then also like respect each other too like if we disagree but then let's just give it to god and both of us i think that's a beautiful thing is both of us neither of us are trying to manipulate god Mm -hmm. nor we're trying to manipulate each other and we're both just saying like lord what's your will 
am I being stubborn and like really open about and it? And that's not easy to do, especially yeah. since we got married later in life. We were both very independent. We mm, lived on our own for yeah. for all of our adult life yep. to be able to kind of get to that point of surrender. And that's what it was. It's we surrendered our desires to God and our ideals to God. Mm-hmm. And that's how we were able to transition well in our marriage yeah. is because we were, there were so many things that maybe we came with thinking that we wanted. And then when we realized, Oh, that person's not dreaming as I am, mm-hmm. then we need to start praying about it. And then God slowly was able to kind of change our dreams and our ideas of how we're going to live life for it to kind of mold together. Yeah. And then I decided, well, there was a lot of praying that I did. And some of the things that I prayed about as well, I felt led by the Lord and I felt a peace about you. It wasn't like what some people say is you just know, you just know, you just know. And I was a little nervous because yeah. I knew that that, but then I also had talked to people who I highly respect. Josh Wheeler is one of them where he said, you just pursue a woman mm-hmm. and you commit to loving her and she's following the Lord. You're following the Lord yeah. and be together. And it was like so simple. And I thought, I yeah, think it is that simple. let's, we let's do that. And things. yeah, exactly. And so I didn't have any red flags mm-hmm. and I thought, let's continue. And I prayed about it, waited for the Lord, waited for peace. I even fasted a bit. There were things that the Lord kind of showed me about you Mm. that let me know, okay, this is going to be a good match. Mm. And I remember sharing that with my friends. They were like, cool, but why don't you just wait a year? Mm. (laughs) And I was like, why would I wait a year? And I think that's what Ben Shapiro said too. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So we saw this Ben Shapiro. You can see the story. It's It's a a clip. Yeah. yeah, It's a clip. He was talking about how he was dating um, his now wife. And he told her he loved her and she just responded, thank you. It was a whole month of him keep saying, I love you. And all she said was, thank you. Mm. And it was because the moment that she felt comfortable to say it and she kind of knew his character when she said, I love you back. He's like, all right, well, what are we waiting for? Let's get married. When you're and he said this, when you're a religious man, you you don't stay engaged for years. The engagement period, the dating period is torment is you know yeah. it's, it's not comfortable you just you know you love them they love you what are you waiting for just yeah. get married start life together you know and and that's kind of where it was our situation <laughs> i've been thinking about this for a while as well like i was thinking like a wonderful soundbite or sound clip would be like do you want to have kids get married you don't want to have kids get married you want conflict get married <laughs> you don't want conflict get married do you want to struggle and become better get married do you want to have peace and not have to worry about things? Get married. You know, like all of the things that you could do. Uh, do you want to become more faithful in following Christ? Get married. Do you uh, want to find peace? You know, like there's all these things that are benefits of marriage. And I think there are a small amount of people who are like Christ said, like Paul said, Oh yeah. do not get married. Mm-hmm. And God bless you. I think that that's amazing. If you're one of those people, but I think for the vast majority of people, marriage is the right step. And this is, this is, this is a good indicator. If you're not one of those people who are called to be celibate, do you have any desire, any, any desire to be married or any desire to be with someone? If you, if you have those feelings or you're attracted or whatnot, you, God is not going to torment you to be single if you're going to have issues to fall into sin 
and you're going to watch something that you shouldn't, you know, it's kind of like, I, I don't know if that's a wise thing for you just out of your own ambition to remain single when you are struggling with the sin of lust. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think for some people, and this is one of the things I struggled with myself was I thought, well, maybe I'm just not meant to get married. And I remember my, my best friend said, yo, bro, that's if anybody that that's not you, because mm-hmm. I know you and I know how much you struggle with this mm-hmm. and I know you're meant to get married. Yeah. But it was just so difficult because yeah. years and years and years and years passed by. Aspect. And then you think, yeah. am I meant to get married or am I just meant to be single? And people would prophesy the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, has the one for you, et cetera, et cetera. Only she's in Romania. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny because <laughs> one of the men who prayed for me when I was in Israel said the Lord would provide a strong woman. And then one of the other women prayed that, and said that the Lord would provide a woman and she would be Jewish as well. And it turns out you have a small amount of Jewish ancestry in your genetics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really neat. And I, although I didn't feel like this overwhelming swept off my feet, you know, heart beating fast, Mm -hmm. I can't stop, you know, thinking Mm -hmm. about you type of thing that I thought I would have Mm -hmm. when I found the person I was like, wow, she's taller. She's Romanian. She's even Jewish. She's good, strong. (laughs) Well, all the things that like I kind of wanted too. She could bring me children. (laughs) She'd be a great mother. She's actually intelligent. Mm -hmm. Like I had dated a girl who wasn't and probably other girls, but one I can think of that wasn't very intelligent. Mm. And I dated women that were very intimidating because they were super intelligent as Mm -hmm. well. But she's complimentative. Like, she's not belittling. Mm. You know, she has traditional values. Yeah, I could go on this list. Thank you. Yeah, like, I think that... Feeling good right now, y'all. Well... Feeling really good right now. (laughs) She has beautiful hair. (gasps) Thank you. Yeah, she has beautiful lips. Beautiful cheeks. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, but I think that the... Also, I love her family, her mom and her dad. Mm. Um, and your extended family too, uh, your brothers and sisters. That helped a lot. It the was huge. It, like the way yeah, your dad, and my name's Joshua David, and your dad said, welcome son of David, come in or whatever. <laughs> and it reminded me so much of my grandfather from Romania. Yeah. Just like hearing his stories, it yeah. was like getting my grandfather back. And it's I cherish him so much. He's such an amazing person to me. And I didn't want to say that I wanted to marry her for her family, because that would be weird. But I just <laughs> thought like, what an amazing benefit of like having a supportive family who I feel comfortable with. It makes with. a difference when, when the whole family ap- approves and loves your yeah. spouse compared to when they don't. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it is a blessing. It is a blessing that our families get along and I get along great with your family and yeah, vice versa. And needless to say, Elizabeth's heart for marriage as well was to serve. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we both serve each other each day. I saw that example in my mother. She mm-hmm. she served my, my father really well. And I think just, you know, seeing that, I thought it was a natural thing to do. And I loved that. And I wanted to do that as well. So it was, it was good. And I saw it in my father as well. Mm-hmm. And my mother. Mm-hmm. And my father built the house for my mom. He built the garage. Mm-hmm. He built the, the um, pole barn. You know, mm-hmm. he worked day in, day out. He got his college degree. First one who graduated. Yeah. And he made himself something and he continued to show up and provide and my mom would continue to birth the children (laughs) my mom would 
clean up, uh, work hard, always pray, serve my the father. The reason why you're joking with the birth of children is because you're the first of five, well, uh, six. Six. Yeah. 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 And that's why you kind of joke about that. But no, your mom is, she, she sacrificed a lot for yeah. her family. My yeah. mom's amazing. Yeah. I love my mom. But the, 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 the vision we had for marriage was both very together and very separate at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of life is contradiction, like plenty of fish in the sea. It happens when you least expect it. Oh, it happens. You just got to put yourself out there. Both are true. And that's what I started to it's realize. It's true. That's, yeah. that's the thing. That's yeah. what I started to realize is like there's no magic bullet. It's not one way or an, actually it technically is one way or the other. The way that people say it, it's like, thank you. Yep. And thank you. And yep. And thank you. And cool. I'm open to any of those. Yep. And so what I did is I started doing the work quote unquote, doing the work. But I, I started really committing to work hard, to invest in myself, to try to better myself. I tried yeah, I to- I think it's good to, to live your singlehood Self-development, well. yeah. Yeah, I mean, like a lot of people kind of just sit and wait during the time of being single because they, they want to be with someone and so they don't really, you know, self-development, they don't improve mm-hmm. themselves, they don't try to be better or even, not only self-improving career-wise because you know that's that's good but also in serving more yeah you know to have that servant heart at the same time pursue the lord while you're pursuing and bettering yourself and also keep an eye out if there's someone you're interested in you know i think that's like a good balance not just i'm just gonna fully focus on serving god and then or fully focus on my career and have these like blinders on for whatever you know because god is going to just bring that person in front of you he, he may because he god does anything yeah but maybe you should take the blinders off and while you are pursuing these things mm-hmm. you see a cute girl hey she's christian goes to my church say hello you know yeah i think it's a it's it's a good thing to observe to her have. from afar then to get a little closer yeah, you're, like slow, the, you're slowly getting closer to yeah. where she sits okay. on the pew <laughs> <laughs> well, no, i'm saying like you can observe <laughs> who she is like okay she's really a Christian or yeah. okay. She's really someone who has good noble character. Mm-hmm. And you say that, all right, like let's talk and let's, you know, let's, let's not be inappropriate along mm-hmm. the way because a lot of people fear dating in the church or fear dating at work or fear dating that is in these situations. I really want to talk about yeah. like, later on is, is that whole, yeah. whole situation. Cause yeah, it's not easy. And I think we have a lot of listeners that are, just as frustrated as we once were. Mm. Yeah, for we, sure. We were definitely frustrated in that situation with the whole like trying to date in church. Yeah. Well, I think we've gotten a good story of us out there. Well, wait a minute. We didn't uh, mention why we call ourselves cashmere couple though. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that story. Yeah. So it's uh it's a it's a cute <laughs> so and sad story. Well, because it was oh, my grandmother's yeah. passing. I yeah, that part is Yes. So it was during a, a period where we were, it was the beginning of our relationship. Yeah. You did invite me to the memorial. It was a great opportunity because I was able to meet your family because your mm-hmm. family's all over Michigan and out of state as well. And so yeah. it was a great opportunity for me to get to know them and for them to get to know me. The memorial was. Yeah, it was actually quite a distance because I was in Taylor. Yeah. And the memorial was up in Mount Clemens. Yeah. And you and were there for a while a at Mount Clemens to help with the memorial. Yeah. And you didn't have time I asked to go my back parents home. If they needed help with things. I think I was picking up my brother from another part of the state. Mm-hmm. And I showed up and I didn't have a sport coat. And you didn't have like attire for a memorial. Yeah. And my, my mom said, 
Joshua, you should really, you know, be wearing something nicer. And I thought, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Like, and I think the bigger thing was I was trying to find a suit for my brother. And along that way, I was shopping at the best place one can shop for fine materials, Salvation Army. Which is honestly the best place yeah. <laughs> to Vin- find treasures. Vintage finds. Yes. And I found this in pristine condition sport coat, mm-hmm. suit coat. And it was made out of cashmere. Yeah. And I thought, wow, this is nice. And I felt it. It felt like such quality. Put it on. Fit a little big. But I bought it for the funeral. For yeah. the you know memorial. few dollars it was for the memorial. And Elizabeth was there. And her coat was made out of cashmere. Mm-hmm. And my coat was made out of cashmere. And then we dubbed ourselves the cashmere, the cashmere couple. couple. Yeah, I and thought it was cute. It was, a, it was a fun story to what was a sad story. And I remember my brother, even while we were there, said, you and Elizabeth are very similar. Mm-hmm. I said, what? Like, how can you? And my brother is very intuitive. Yeah, my he's brother, very Andrew, quiet, but he's intuitive. He's, in, he's intuitive. And he said some things sometimes that are very discerning. Mm-hmm. And it's really unique, his perspective mm-hmm. that he has. And at times he has some hidden nuggets that nobody else does. Mm-hmm. And he said, the way she holds herself is very similar to the way you hold yourself. And I realized that he was right and I didn't think about it, but I did think about the way we both try to have class, have refinement, have respect for the situation, the environment, the people around us. Mm -hmm. And we portray that to the world. Communication was the big thing that I studied. One of the big things I studied in college. And I realized that the perception of people is the marker of intelligence and you don't necessarily need to be intelligent but if you're perceived as such Mm -hmm. you will be intelligent i then went to study history and philosophy because i genuinely wanted to be intelligent not just perceived as such Mm -hmm. but the thing that my brother noticed was that you and i are very similar in a lot of ways honestly Mm -hmm. i think that's what makes us work well together it helps a lot yeah the fact that we are very similar just um the way we treat each other the way I don't know. It's it's a really good support system. Not necessarily that if you are opposite, it is... Um, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. It's just no. more work. Yeah. So How much work do you want to do? Yeah. Yeah, I remember my parents saying, you know, the type of person I should marry and how the world is and how many women want to be like a queen or a princess and how I wasn't raised this way. I remember you called me once be. your princess and I was like, please don't say that. <laughs> Yeah. Don't call I me think a princess. Was, and you're like, what? You're a queen? I'm like, don't call me a queen. Yeah, I think, <laughs> it's like yeah, I think it was something like that. Yeah, that was the beginning of our, I think, in the beginning trying of Trying to find little lovey yeah, things to say. Yeah, I was like, don't call yeah. me that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it was funny. The fact that you mentioned your parents was saying, find find a queen, find a princess. No, no, they were, did not say that. They oh, said, no, I that's no, they no, they said that be careful. My mom said, be careful, Joshua, because you're good. There's a lot of women who want to be treated mm-hmm. like a queen or a princess That's and you true. were not raised this way. Mm-hmm. She knew that, you know, we grew up in a trailer in the woods with mm-hmm. chickens, ducks and geese, and we raised pigs and sheep for 4-H and had a garden and yeah. built our own garage and our own sheep shed and our own chicken coop mm-hmm. and our own uh, pig pen. And we, we built all these things ourselves. And my father was a hardworking, is a hardworking guy. Yeah. He's still with us, praise the Lord. Yeah. And she knew that like it would be difficult for me and i said mom it's okay mm-hmm. i will treat her like a princess mm-hmm. <laughs> you know me being a romantic mm-hmm. and there are a lot of times i fall short anyway so the reason why we decided to to stick with cashmere couple for our podcast 
we thought it was a cute name. We actually used it for our wedding. Yeah. And because of that, you know, for our um, audience, our podcast audience, you do not see behind us. We do have a neon sign that says cashmere couple. We used it. Ca- yes. Cashmere. There we go. We used it for our wedding. I forgot what it said. <laughs> we used it for our wedding and we thought we're going to use this tag for something. We just didn't know what. And it wasn't until recent that we realized, oh, you know, we we want to kind of start a podcast. We want to use this tag, this uh, domain that we've had. And let's talk about something that we know really well. We know what it's like to be single for a while. Yeah. You know, and marriage is something we're getting to know, but we both were very committed to mm-hmm. what we wanted it to look like. Yeah. And thought long and hard about it before we were married. Yes. And, and then, I think we, we were able to fall into marriage pretty well, you know, it's, mm-hmm. and it's not this idea of, Oh, we're in our honeymoon stage. And it was really scary for yeah. me when I first got married. Yeah. Because like, I remember even on honeymoon, it was like, Oh yeah, this has been nice. And then I was like, I will never leave her. (laughs) And you're like, oh, wow. You were just going to go home and every day is going to always, because I never lived with anybody. Yeah. Never a female. I had roommates that were bros, but, and, you know, followers of Christ and different church groups that we, you know, room, roommate together, had a separate room or whatever we had, but never lived with a female. Mm -hmm. And thank God I didn't. I'm happy and that's better to live that lifestyle. But, all that to be said, I had no mind yeah. in which could comprehend living with someone every day. And it took a lot for me to get used to that. Mm-hmm. Like it took a few months for me to get used to that. But now it's like I've become much more fond of you. And I remember even telling my father when I was in Bermuda for a work trip mm-hmm. that I missed you and that I wanted to be home. And I got a chance to come back a little earlier. And yeah. I was super thankful because. I genuinely just was like, man, I don't want to be away from Elizabeth as much as I can help it. And he Aww. said, yeah, I'm the same way. Like, I never like being away from your mom. It's weird for me to think that because I am very good at multitasking and getting along with a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And so I thought like wife would be a category for me yeah, and not like everything, mm-hmm. but it's become much more so everything and er- everything else is kind of like a category. And so that's been re reorienting my mm-hmm. mind for how I that's live. interesting yeah yeah that's cool good content I hope that it'll be something that would be edifying and something that would be encouraging and that you will stick around and see what else we have to offer and what else we will be discussing until next time that brings us to the end of this episode if you like it you should put a ring on it or a thumbs up review pound sterling you get the deal Follow us on your favorite streaming platforms and Instagram at The Cashmere Couple. La revedere. La revedere.